and and part of it is like there are a billion quotes about pets out there like a billion literally and yet you have two there is there any particular reason why you chose those two quotes oh my goodness um they really spoke to me and i think they were the they are the heart of the book as well so i thought it was just just a really good fit yeah, and I don't want to tell them. You have to read the book. You have to open the book to do it. It'll, it'll come out very shortly. I believe 18th, right? The 18th, it's out. October 18th. Yes. October 18th, it's out. Yep. So, so just remember that. But the quotes, the quotes hit you too. They hit, everything hit me in this book. Oh, okay, so, so in the book, like there's a bunch of pets in there, right? And then I'm looking at your your viewpoint about that, where you use comments like "live in the moment," you know, um, Cosmo. You say always goes in pets always go in with the best possible attitude um you know part of it we we talk about in the vet world is the you can't the pets don't really know they have cancer right it's not like you sit there and tell them they have cancer and so their whole approach towards this is different and so what sort of experiences did you have with these pets especially since you're you know you're dealing with cancer on your own end right and you're dealing with these pets because the the whole book just I love it's it's almost like you could do a transition element in a video format because it probably made made into a movie I'm telling you and then <laughs> right you, you talk about the pet right so it's interacting with the pet with cancer and then you you transition over to your own personal experiences so what what did what did you get out of these pets especially feeling what you're feeling at that time oh my goodness uh loaded question um <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think I'm going to answer it backwards, if you don't mind. Um, once I fully came back, because I had to take a leave of absence for a period, um, it was so wonderful to be back because I loved it, right? I didn't complain anymore that I was exhausted or my long day or whatever, or you didn't get lunch again, right? Because you're just too busy. Um, I cherished it sort of like COVID has made everyone appreciative of you know so many things that maybe we took for granted um but on some level it was also a little bit hard right talking about maybe to a new family a chemotherapy drug that I had so I had my own flashbacks or feelings and yet trying to still be professional and get the information across was emotionally trying and challenging. You know, there's the one place in the book where I'm seeing a little dog back um, for suture removal after being spayed. And thankfully the dog, you know, didn't have cancer. Everything was benign, all good. The woman and her dog left and I looked down and literally my hand is resting atop my abdomen where my um, scar, my incision was. And I didn't even realize that, right? So it's those sort of unconscious things um, that, that become apparent. Um, in terms of you know, the, my dogs as patient and me as patient, um, part of it is just their genetic makeup to write. They don't lose their hair like we do. That's just a whole different thing. But I think the what they teach us or what they mirrored for me was so much more valuable than the genetic aspect. 
um, they didn't have those what ifs going in. You know, will I get sick? Will the other dogs think badly of me if I've lost my hair? You know, what am I going to tell my friends and family? Um, and I realized that we all try, we worry, right, and fret. I think in a way of trying to control things that are uncontrollable, but it only serves to bring us down and it just creates that negative energy. It exhausts us before we even walk through that front door to see that doctor or whatever struggle we're going with. And then once you're done, you know, we we leave and we say, I can't believe it took the nurse two tries to get, you know, the catheter in me. Dogs don't do that. They're like, I'm done. Where's the biscuit? Let's let's just go and enjoy getting to be. Um, and I think that is such a huge, huge help. Um, no, know, that so is, many. Renee, that is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, that's that's a great. I knew I threw you on the spot there, but that was a great answer. That was great, phenomenal. And it, it's it's interesting because you you meet some characters. Well, I met some characters in the book, and these are these are real people, right? These, these are, are real, real people. people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love I love the is it Sasha's dad who's used yes. to getting his own way because oh, yeah. his own way. <laughs> how did you feel after you found out what because you stood up to him before oh, yeah. you knew what he was, right? Yes. Oh, we went toe to toe. It was and we just stared at each other. I mean, I wasn't giving up. Had I known more about him and you know, like that I learned at the end, I probably would have been, you know, a little softer. but (laughs) nobody needed that i think you did did a great job and i think it's funny because i think he totally respects you now yes and then you have lifelong protection right (laughs) exactly (laughs) correct mike cannot like step out of line so oh my god i just i love that i was cracking up at that see that that's one of the funniest moments of the book um and, and then let's switch gears a little. So Bentley's dad, right? So yes. you, you, you get this curt individual. So, so it, it, part of it, and, and we can get, get into that, is you are dealing with 90% human emotion here. As a veterinary oncologist, let me clarify. As a veterinary oncologist, you're dealing with 90% human emotion. The humans are tied up in this. And the dogs are just, as you said, the dogs are just like, hey, I'm in the moment. What, you know, give me that treat. Oh, I have to sit here for a bit. Okay, I'm done. Bye. You know, yep. come see you next week or whatever. And and like 10% of actually dealing with that that dog issue, your training has enabled you to like, it, I love the fact you go, I'm aspirating this, I'm aspirating this. Okay, boom, 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 boom. Oh, I felt this and this is this. So um, you're an expert at lymph node palpation and aspiration. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I love the... Um, was it CDI? I'm going to start using that. Clean, yes. dry, and intact. That's a new. Yes. That's a new uh, little uh, yes. three, three-letter thing. I'm going to start using. I thought that was great. But yes. but you're 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 dealing with that. Your expertise enables you to de- deal with the problem because you 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 you've seen it before. You're your experienced. You've got this thing. But these people and dealing with this aspect. And so, you know, it it, it was. H- how did you? How did you feel about like Bentley's dad's situation? Like, how did you? Did, did you have to break a barrier down, right? Because that—that's the other time I knew you were a hugger because you sat, you guys sat beside him and talked to them, and right. and I think that's that's. For me, it solidifies you are the right person for your career choice. I can't wow. I can't stress that enough. But Thank how did you, you feel about situations like that, or how would you how would you advise? Actually, let's think of this. How would you advise a young oncologist, right? Because yeah. Vet, vet school doesn't prepare us for this. 
right? Right. None of them, right? Doesn't prepare us. So, so what advice would you give to a, a, a young veterinary oncologist? Uh, one of my students is actually finishing her residency at AMC, by the way. So she's gonna ah. she's gonna come to, to church. I'll, I'll put you in touch with her after the show. Um, okay. But what advice would you give um, her? Her name's Danielle. Um, to deal with situations like this, don't sit across from them. Sit next to them, literally and figuratively, right? Because you're on the same side. You're in this together. They need to know that you have their back and that and their dog's back because you do, right? But sometimes we get people get caught up too much in I don't know the white coat, which I always wore a white coat because I wore my dress, so I needed pockets and things. Um, you know, we get a little bit too caught up in being stoic yeah. or professional, and yeah. I think one of the differences which I realize we might touch on later, like between human medicine and veterinary medicine, is we treat that entire family dynamic, right? Yeah. There's so many things that go into that decision. Um, and one of the life lessons I've learned, hopefully is seen in the book, is that dogs meet us where we're at, right? We don't have to put on any front. We yeah. as veterinarians need to meet that pet parent where they're at. And it might be, you know, we need to talk about finances because that could be a thing. We need to talk just about their preconceived ideas on what it is to treat a diabetic or a cancer patient or a heart you know, condition patient. Um, we need to know about their risk tolerance, about their ability to come back and forth. But then there's always the backstory. And, and I realized that that is the one thing that drives me and continues to fill me back up even though sometimes that backstory is really really sad there was this one gentleman um who used to come he's he's not in the book um because there are so many others that could have been in the book oh but, yeah you no, know uh, yeah the book can only be so long um and he would always bring his little shih tzu and the dog had lymphoma the dog did great for about a year and a half. And then unfortunately, um, we lost, you know, the the battle. Uh, but whenever he would come, he would just hand us the dog. He would stay seated in the waiting room, wouldn't really look at us in the face. You know, I would ask him questions. I'd get very short, kind of um, soft answers. You know, at first I just maybe thought he was shy, but everyone's demeanor is different. And it's fine, his dog did well. Um, and about three to four weeks after that dog had passed, um, I get in the mail at work a big manila envelope and a handwritten note, a couple of pages, and photographs. And he finally opened up. Um, I might get a little teary. This was his daughter's dog, and she had recently passed. She was only 23. And so he wanted to do everything possible for that dog. Um, and it turns out he didn't, the, the family didn't really have the money to pay for all the treatments. And here's for all your listeners, if you're struggling, tell your veterinarian, right? We all are softies and we will really, really try to do whatever we can to financially make it work. But, um, at any rate, 
he didn't share that, but instead he took the midnight shift at the local grocery store and he was cutting, his job was to cut the cold cuts to be prepackaged the next day so that he could pay. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, and I, I think ultimately he felt good. The family felt good about their decision and, and they believed that now his daughter and, and her little Shih Tzu were reunited, but it's just, Oh man! See, that's cry number seven for me. <laughs> no, that's a, that's an excellent that's an excellent story, and it's it. We don't know the battles they're facing. They come in, Correct. and we we tend to be. I think we as veterinarians, because we're we tend to be at some point a little bit of the brunt of yes. their emotions, yeah. right? And I find that you know um, they can do this, but I look at it as we create an open environment that allows them to actually express that. And- 